Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the one-of-a-kind LinkedIn live show that will help you with your job search and advancing your career. We will bring in educated career experts who will share their insights and give you inside tips on how to be successful in your job search. Now let's get into today's show with your host, Jack Kelly. All right, here we are. <laughs> we, we are live. Okay, so Jim, Jim Peacock, thank you very much for joining. Let's go live with Jack Kelly and... Let's just jump right into it. Uh, if you don't mind, can you just introduce yourself? Tell about what you do? Sure. Uh, happy to be here, actually. This is great, Jack. I love a lot of the stuff that you're doing out there, and I think these uh, lives are great. So uh, keep keep this up for sure. So uh, Peak Careers is really uh, primarily, it is a, my company is about training career coaches and career counselors, really anybody that delivers career services. So one of the things I discovered a long time ago, when I was a school counselor, I was actually I was a school counselor for a while, and I realized that a lot of school counselors didn't actually have a lot of career training. And then as I evolved in this, I realized that there were a lot of people, even in the Department of Labor, that didn't have a lot of career training. And I really began to build my business around this teaching, this facilitating career development course, which is by the, developed by the National Career Development Association. And it's to help people who don't, who are doing career services, but don't have a lot of background in it. And that's really where I started this business. And then I was doing that when I was the director of advising and career uh, and transfer at a community college here in Maine. Uh, and then I started adding these online seminars. And then I've always had a, a number of coaching clients that I work with. And so I, my business, I went I dove in uh, February 2012, so it's coming up on my ninth anniversary. Coming up, I was uh, being congratulations, full being full time with Peak Careers, and uh, uh, so I do a lot of. Uh, I've had a lot of background working in community colleges. I've helped out Bates and uh, Colby College in their career center when they were short staffed for a while. Uh, I've done some outplacement with a company down in Portland, Maine, uh, but most of my business is actually doing a lot of trainings. A lot of trainings is what I do, and it, it's crazy because I've been on, I've been doing, I've been teaching online, mostly as a hybrid, but also mm -hmm. totally since about 2002. So I've been actually teaching online for like 18 years. Wow. So it's, I, I, I have to pause and think about it. So that, that's a little bit about peak careers and what I do and, and uh, where, I, where I am. So was it hard to make that transition from being kind of, I don't want to say an academic, but you know, being in you know, academia and then all of a sudden running your own business? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, even when I, you know, I'm the one who chose to leave. I, I got to this point where I was, I was working 40 hours a week at the community college and then I was coming home and doing 20 more hours a week with my business. And I finally said, okay, I'm going to leave. This will be great. You know, I, I'm, I'm just going to make this leap. And if I can, you know, I'm in charge. And I can still remember coming home that next, the next week after I left and I'm home and there's, there's nobody here, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, where you get used to, you get used to all the, the interaction with people and, and sort of the, the, the routine, all those routines that you create when you work. And uh, those were all blown up. And so it took a while for me to really kind of get my head around it. And I had to really get my head around uh, 
when you own your own business, there's, there's just a ton of marketing and stuff and all the, all the little things we were talking about before we went live here about all the little things that, that you have to do to, to sort of keep a business going. So there was a huge learning curve there, but you know, I'll tell you, I don't, I could never work for anybody ever again. So this is, I've loved the move, but it was a tough move coming from, because I really came from an education background. I was a school counselor and then I worked in higher ed too. So I, I had that sort of education, higher ed mentality. And, and you really do have to change when you go into your own business. It's, it's a different world. Yeah, you know, I, I can empathize because I've, I've been running my own business for kind of coming on 20 years now. Wow. And it's, it's weird because, you know, as a young guy, I always wanted to have my own business. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. I think my grandfather, even though I didn't know him, but I heard stories about him. He had, he ran a small, I think, shoe store. And I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool to have your own business. And one of the reasons I went into recruiting is because I kind of thought, hey, I can make this into my own business where mm. I, I was approached by a recruiter to say, mm -hmm. hey, do you want to be a recruiter? And I never gave it a minute's thought. And one of these things, talk about networking, um, a guy who I was friends with said, oh, my buddy who I grew up with, he runs this search firm in New York. Why don't you talk to him? And I went to meet this guy. His name is Ed Caligari. And I stay in touch with him a little bit. Wonderful guy. And he was generous with his time. And like, I'm in the office, Jim, and I'm looking around. And it's like, hey, this, this is pretty cool. You know, it's really, it's a nice place. I knew them by reputation. And he was such a down-to-earth guy. I'm like, you know what? If he could do it, I think I could do it too. And and because I could already visualize, hey, I, you know what? I can make this happen. So I spoke to to my wife and say, hey, told her about it, and you know, gave it a shot. And then yeah, it's it was like one of the best decisions. And it's interesting, Jim. I, I'll be really honest. If he was this, if he wasn't such a nice guy, and he was like. Uh, you know, this, you know, I don't know, George Clooney kind of trying to be slick, cool guy. <laughs> I may have been intimidated and be like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do this. This isn't going to work. And I never would have done it. But because he just was so generous and nice and down there, whatever I could do. it, And I could agree. I don't think I would ever go back to like a corporate kind of thing after doing it. It's such a different lifestyle, such a different world. I mean, it's like tons of headaches and aggravation but it's worth it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's funny, it's like, I never, ever, ever thought I would have my own business. It was just not even, ne never on my, 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 my radar. And, uh, you know, but the, the, I think the interesting point here and the similarity is, is that we both took advantage of opportunities that were presented to us, right? And I think that's kind of the, the key thing is being, being willing to take, to, people. Oftentimes there's a person who is going to make a difference in your life, right? I mean, that's the person that you met, right? That who, who was optimistic, who was supportive. And it's so important to be, to sort of, to, to pay attention to who are those, who are those people in your life, you know, that, that are important, that have something that, that who are willing to help you, right? And then be willing to listen to them, you know, and be willing to sort of, you know, trust those instincts and kind of go, you know what, I think I'll just make a leap of faith here and go for it. And it that's how careers change. That's how people change in their careers. They look for those opportunities when they're presented to them. 
it, it's almost like, I think now, particularly, it seems like I would suggest for folks that they have to be their own business. You know what I mean? They have to like treat their career Absolutely. as like you're the CEO of your career because no one's going to really look out for you nowadays. Yeah, that ship has sailed. Yeah, that ship has sailed where, where you're going to be taken care of. People do, they need to look at themselves in that light. They need to look at themselves, even when you're working at, uh, if, let's say I was working at the community college as a director of advising and career. I still really needed to perceive myself as a solopreneur, as, as you know, what is it that I'm offering to these people? What is it? What is, what's the value that I'm bringing? Because that value can be delivered at the community college. That value could be delivered at another college. That value could be delivered in the Department of Labor. That value could be delivered in my own private practice. But I have to have that, that ownership view and say, what is the value I'm bringing? Mm-hmm. And you have, I mean, employers don't hire you because they like you. They hire you because you're going to help them solve a problem. You have to be clear about what problems you solve and how you, if I'm going to pay you 15 bucks an hour, then you better be bringing 20 bucks an hour back to my company. Otherwise, this is not worth it, right? And you you have to sort of understand that, that that's, it's a owner mentality that you have to take. Do you think people have picked up on that or, or they're still thinking it like it was not only pre-COVID, but, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, which it was different. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, some, some people have, but a lot of people haven't, you know, a lot of people are thinking, you know, that, you know, this company owes it to me and they'll yeah. come in and, and they'll do the minimal, you know, though, this is not my job description. Those people, they may have a job for a while, but those are the ones that are going to have the hardest time coming back into the workforce if they get booted out. You know, I, I know people that, I know people that kind of, they go into work and they do the minimum. Yeah. And, and when someone says, well, here's, here's some things going on and they're like, nah, that's not really my job. Well, when it comes, when things start coming down and you're that person, and then things coming down and the other person you work with is like jumping in and taking over and they're doing, they're doing the extra things and they're doing it. And they, and there's a budget cut, guess who's going and guess who's going to have a hard time finding a new job because they don't have anybody there saying, well, that person, did they do their job? They did their job. They did the minimum of their job. They did their job to the job description. That is not, that's not somebody I'm going to hire. So people really need to be, be, be they got to start taking that change. They got to make that change in their heads and say, and really look at the value. That, that's really where, that, when I'm working with clients, that's where I always start. What's the value that you bring to the workforce? And I help people develop what I call a value added statement, you know, and the, the value added statement really is the core. And it's what I call the five or six essential things you want everyone to know about you. And I use purposefully use the word things. It's not, it's, it should be skills, but it's also things. So sometimes the thing might be one of the things I want you to know about me is that I want to find a job somewhere here in central Maine. I'm not willing to commute, right? That might be one of the things you want, but I also need to be able to talk about the value that I bring. And that's where, that's where this owner mentality can come really come into play. Do you think, and, and this is going to be, this is going to sound kind of crass, but, and I don't want to come across as like victim blaming, 
But do you think some of the folks who are out there who haven't found a job in a while or who've been downsized, in part, it could be due that they don't have that owner mentality, that they don't come across like, okay, what do you need me to do, Jim? <laughs> you need me to jump three feet? I'll jump 10 feet. You know, you know, you want me to go through this brick wall? I'm going to go through this brick wall. <laughs> and we both know, like, there's different mentalities of people who are going to be like, and you can tell when you interview or just talk to people, you know, on a social level, who are the ones who are going to really go that extra yard? I mean, do you think that's kind of holding them back and they still have that mentality of like, okay, you know what? I got a job. And I'm going to punch the clock and do it. And that's okay. But in this kind of world, it doesn't, that doesn't work that way. You know, I think the biggest thing that I do as a career coach is to help people change their mindset. You know, people, there are people who, I think we were talking before we actually went live, we were, there are people that have been out of work for a long time mm -hmm. and they're struggling to come back in. Those are often, or they're in a job they don't like. Those, those are the kind of people that come to me. And the biggest thing that I do for them is to help change their mindset. Because if you keep doing the same thing, what do, what, what do most people do? I say, well, what have you been doing yeah. to find work? And they're like, well, I applied to a hundred places last night. <laughs> you know, right. I play, So that makes uh, 700 every week, you know? And I'm applying all the time, but that's not, that feels like action, but that that's not really action. They're not being clear about the value. They need to work on, they need to, you have to work on network. You have to be clear about what value you bring. And you gotta, you have to talk to people. People do not get hired from resumes. People get interviews for res, from resumes possibly, but People don't get hired. I don't know anybody that have sent a resume in and they said they, they mm -hmm. I'm just going to hire you. You know, you're one of the we got 700 resumes here and we picked yours. And Jack, you're hired tomorrow. Yeah. When can you start? You know, and so one, I think what most people need to do is to really do a, have a mindset change. Now, can you? How can you do that? Can you do that on your own? You can if you read, or if you teach yourself. If you, you know. There are, there's a lot of great resources out there, but a lot of folks need a career coach or someone to kind of help guide them and say, look, what you've been doing isn't really working. Here's another way of looking at this. And the, the way that probably you and I got our early jobs, you know, the career centers and, you know, back, you know, when I, when I graduated, they just, it was, a, they were like placement centers. You just filled out resumes and sent them out and then somebody hired you or interviewed you and, it's a different world. And that's what, that's what I do with people. It, and that's what most people need to do. They have to change a mindset because if they've been out of work for a long time and ain't whatever they're doing, isn't working. So now you, you got to try something different. You got to look at the world in a different way. You've got to, you got to describe yourself in a different way. I mean, I think that's, that's a, that's a huge part of this being able to tell your own story, but you've got to tell some people have told the same story. Oh, I had this job. I haven't had a job in so long. They got to tell a different story, you know? And I think that's the, that's the thing. It's to me, it's, it's more of a mindset. It's not that people often are, are, they're stuck for a long period of time in unemployment because they can't change. It's because they just haven't made that change in their head. 
And that's what I that's what I help people with. See, it's interesting because it, it makes so much sense. But also, I can understand why people fall into that rut. Oh yeah. You just, you just. I guess you get complacent. You know, it's the equivalent of oh, it, it worked. It's always been this way, so we're going to keep doing it because we've always done it this way. You know, um, you know, you're supposed to fill out applications, set resumes. That's what you're supposed to do. So I'm doing it, and and you don't change it up. But I'm really curious. So with with changing the mindset when you deal with people, to me, I think that's probably really hard for a lot of folks to do. You know, you expect, you know, you get set in your ways, you think you know what you're doing is best. And then even if it's not working, a lot of people are resistant to change. I mean, how do you, how do you get people to start saying, okay, what I'm doing is not working. And you got, and when that happens, you got to admit almost, you got to admit you failed and then kind of rebuild yourself. So when people come to me, my job is, in many ways is to challenge them. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to, in particular, if you're going to pay me, but if you're, even when I was in the, worked in the colleges and people, or as a school counselor, my, my job wasn't to necessarily make it easier for you. It's to challenge your, to challenge your thinking. And that's where growth happens. Career development is a process. And one of the first things I do is I try to get people's head out of, people want to come and say, this is the job I want. This is the, this is the title. This is the occupational title that I'm looking for. And the first, one of the first things I'm trying to do is let's not even, I don't want to look at job titles because job titles don't matter anymore. One, there's jobs being created all the time. So what job title is that? There's jobs being changed all the time with new technology or new ways of looking at things or you know whatever those job titles are changing and those they're insignificant the job title is immaterial if i can be clear and this is where i this is where i try to i'm trying to try and change that mindset is if i can help people be clear about the value they bring those skills are transferable to lots of places mm -hmm. tons of places and this is where people get very myopic in their view. They start thinking, well, I want to do this job in this kind of company. And the reality is even the skills of, let's, you know, like record keeping and accounting, you know, I want to work in an you know, accounting firm. Well, and that's why I want to be an accountant. Those, those skills are transferable to all kinds of jobs. There are people in the film industry who need folks to organize stuff, who need to see data, right? That, that ability to take data and manipulate it is what an accountant does. But there's lots of people, lots of varied industries that need those same skills. And the only way, the only way to really get there and to help people change their mindset is, to, is for them first off, to be clear about what value they bring in and then be able to articulate their skills. And then they, and then, then you got to go out and tell everybody that, you know, Jack, this is the stuff I love to do, you know, and you know, um, I love, I love doing training. I love doing mm -hmm. coaching. You know, who else, who else out there needs these kind of skills. And pretty soon Jack's got a perspective. You have a perspective as a recruiter. That's very different than my perspective. And all of a sudden you think you discover some things by accident. And that's what I call intentional serendipity. That's the, that's, I, it's based on 
the happenstance learning theory and chaos theory, but it's all about taking action, being clear about, about who you are, and then taking some kind of action, putting yourself out there and being open to discovering some things by accident. I mean, how did you find your job as your, your, your own business? You, you know, somebody talked to you and said, why don't you have you ever thought about being a recruiter? Yeah, Pretty soon you're exactly. doing it and you're kind of going, wow. But you took advantage. You were open to discovering something by accident. See, I'm so bored with that because I, 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 I speak with my kids about that, you know, all the time. I'll, I'll say something to the effect like, you know, an object in motion stays in motion. You know, so that you have to be out there doing things because if you're out there doing things, people are going to notice. And if you do things well, then they're going to notice even more. And if you do them really well, they're going to really knock on your door. But if you're at home and not doing anything, no one's going to come to your house and say, hey, we want you. So I agree. And it's like making, it's like, what's the expression? The harder you work, the luckier you get kind of thing. Yep. It's, not, it's because you're putting the time, the effort, the energy, and you're making something happen. You can create luck. Yes. There, there's actually yes. A, a, the, there's actually research on it that shows that you can actually create luck. And you create luck by, <clears throat> by taking action. That's, that's the first step. Now, you know what? It can be all kinds of stuff. So I play, I play pickup hockey. Well, in most years, I play pickup hockey with a bunch of guys, yeah. right? Every time I go there and get to, they get to know me and I get to know them, there could be an opportunity for them. I may learn about yeah. a job and go, Hey, Jeff, you ever think about doing this? Or they may, they may tell me about an opportunity. Well, I heard, heard there was going to be an opening somewhere. So it doesn't always have to be this, this networking mentality that I need to go to meet somebody at a conference or, or, or the chamber and bring my business cards by taking really any action, really any action. And this is actually the current client I'm working with. Well, he, that's what I'm nudging him to do is he needs to, even in this time of pandemic, he's got to find ways to get himself out yes, there. Absolutely. And, and so, so, I mean, the, the, the activity I have him doing right now is, is uh, he wants a job that is, that is sort of mission oriented that, that, that he can do that. He can feel like it really matters. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that's kind of broad, but, the reality is I told him and he wants to stay in general in the area that he's at. I said, the first, this is the, so when I work with a client, I always give homework because that I, one it's action. And two, it gives me a chance to, to, to figure out how, how, how committed they are. Right. And his, his homework this week is to go to the chamber website and do research in the, his local area and identify at least 20 companies that he would like to work for. <clears throat> that activity is, is going to help get him out there and start looking at these companies. So let's say he looks at ABC company and goes, I love what they're doing. Well, then the next step is, what are they doing? And what are the skills that you have that could help them? And do you know anyone who used to work there or works there now? That's the process. And then you begin to say, he could literally say, he could contact someone there and say, look at, <clears throat> you know, I have these skills. I'm home 
in this pandemic, everybody knows we have a pandemic. If you don't, you, you know, <laughs> we're, you're in bigger trouble, but you know, I'm at home. I have these skills. Do you have any projects that need to be worked on? I'd be willing to take, you got some data because he's really good at researching and pulling data together. You know, he could actually reach out to those companies. But the first step is to make the list of job, make the list of companies that, that he can go, those companies look like they, what, what I might want to look at. And that's really where he's stuck. And that's really where I'm hoping to move him to get out there because you have to, you got to be out there. If you're, like you said, if you're sitting at home, playing PlayStation and that's all you're doing. Nothing's going to happen. I, I actually had a student, a, a parent when I was at the community college who, she was a student. She knew me from a, as a school counselor and then she was came to the community college and she said her son, could you, could I see her son? When I said, um, technically I can't until he's a student here, but I'll meet with him <laughs> and talk with him, <clears throat> you know, kind of as a favor to her. And, and, the, and, you know, I asked this guy, he, he had graduated from high school the year before. He'd been a year out. What have you been doing? Well, I play PlayStation, I do this. And after talking to him for a few minutes, I said, you know what? I could work with you, but I can't work with you now. You have to go out and volunteer, go out and get a job. You have no perspective of the world of work. He has no perspective of the world of work. And he's not discovering anything by staying at home about himself. And that's what that's what happens when you volunteer and get jobs, you discover things about yourself. And sometimes the best thing you discover about yourself is, I don't wanna do that job. Absolutely. You have to know Absolutely. what you yeah. wanna do and what you don't wanna do. You have to, and and when, yeah, I mean, you've gotta put yourself out yeah. there. I'll leave it, if you don't mind, I could even amplify from what you're saying. I think for the, the, the young man who you're talking about who's playing you know, PlayStation, not only are you not moving forward, the more you do it, you're moving back because the world keeps going forward. You know, it's let's say you're you just graduated college. Let's say he's not a high school kid, graduate college, but he's at home, you know, smoking pot, watching TV, playing video games. Right. His peers are keep trying to move forward. So as they move forward, he's going to move back. And if he's looking for a job, they're going to go like, wait a minute, why am I going to hire Jack? For the last six months, he hasn't been doing anything, no, not even volunteer work, nothing. And all these other folks, here's what they're doing. So not only do the do the people who are who are just going out there and trying, moving forward, the ones who aren't just keep falling far, further, further behind. Yeah. So it's 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 yeah. almost like you have no choice. You have to do it because if you don't, you're making a you're actually making a decision that you're going to be left behind, which is a crazy thing to do. So, but and even in this time of the pandemic when people say, well, I can't work and I can't go volunteer. I mean, I went and volunteered one day at the food pantry, but it made me nervous because it was a very small building. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I went, I went once and I, you know, and I was just like, so even in the pandemic, I tried to stretch out, but I, I couldn't. But what, what can you do? One, there's a ton of free classes online. LinkedIn has all kinds of Oh my of gosh, stuff. everywhere now, right? Just, they're everywhere. And everywhere. They're, there's no excuse. Like if you wanted to, you could just spend your whole day taking classes and learning tons of stuff. Well, and then you, right? and a lot of them will give you a little certificate of yeah. completion, right? I mean, if you want to do, um, what is it? HubSpot has one, Google, there's Google Analytics. Everywhere. I mean, they're it's everywhere. And so everywhere. when you say, I, I have nothing to do, 
then I would say uh, my challenge would be, well, you could, even in this pan the time of the pandemic, you could actually be teaching yourself stuff. You could actually mm -hmm. be collecting those kind of skill sets so that you can then move forward. So that when you do get an interview and they say, well, what have you been doing for the past year, like the rest of the world, well, you know, while you're stuck, you can say, well, I went and got these six certificates. Man, oh man, <clears throat> what does that tell you? That, that tells right? me that you're motivated. That tells exactly. me that you wanna learn, that you can learn, you know, that you're, you're trying to add value to what you offer to whatever company. You've gotta, you've gotta find some way to add value to yourself in this time and you, you can do it by books there's ted talks keep track of them if you right. watch 20 ted talks keep track of them so you know what it is i wanted jim there's some people who are are self-motivated and can do it and it comes naturally some it doesn't come naturally but they know they have to do it and they push themselves to do it but then i think there are a lot of people who just and i'm this is not degrading them or saying anything negative it's just they're not wired that way and so it's hard for them to do but somehow they need a career coach like yourself or somebody to just say, Hey, you gotta, you gotta do this. You gotta get into gear or maybe like, and I imagine you do this in your line of work too, right? Maybe even write out a program for them. Okay. Here's what you do, you know, sign up for this coursework, uh, take a, you know, uh, look locally where you can volunteer, almost like a checklist and, and hold the person accountable to make them do it. And then I bet you, if they do it, they're going to realize, wow, this is great. I met some new people. I've learned some new things. And then what I noticed, Jim, tell me if this makes sense too. When you do that, you start getting more confident in yourself, you know, because if you're at home, you know, just, just goofing off all day, you kind of know what you're doing. And you know what? You get One day, two day, okay. You're doing this for a long time. You're gonna start feeling bad about yourself and lose some self-esteem. But if you're going out there, you're going to a soup kitchen, you're going to the food pantry, you're helping out, you know, you're, you're taking courses online and doing all these other things, you start feeling, all right, a little bit more confident, which then gives you the drive to take that next step and so on. Does, does that the, make sense? The career, uh, brain-based career research is, shows that what you, you're really best to do is uh, to give, give small, give homework to, to clients or to students that you're working with but make them small and, and manageable so that they indeed do give you the confidence to move forward. Because when you take those, even these smaller steps, you realize, oh, wow, I am over here now. It, it, I'm, right? And then you get, right? And then you, you feel good about it. And then you realize, oh, see, I'm a big believer that it's like small little victories, right? Absolutely. You get that small little victory and you feel good about yourself, then you're empowered to take that next step. You know, and then the next step. And then if something goes bad, that's okay. Cause you realize you can look back and say, well, I did succeed on these things. All right, this one didn't work, but I'll try again. But that's the, even when you don't succeed, yeah. there's a lesson there. Yes. So, and that's the other, we, we're still talking about changing people's mindsets here, yeah. right? I mean, we're still saying, do these things and you'll, right. you know, and all of a sudden you've learned something, but also just change the mindset of, even when you, when you failed at something or you hated the job, what did you learn? even if you try something and you don't like it, what is, what's the lesson? The lesson is I don't want to, don't want to do any more of that, but it's, yeah. but knowing what you don't like and knowing what your failures are and what you learn from those lessons, that's, that's, that's going to move like you, but it's going to move you forward in your career development. Yeah. You know? 
So it's almost like you say in a way, when I hear mindset, it's almost like, okay, you got to sit down and meditate, which no. I meditate. So that's, well, I'm not saying that in a negative way. So I meditate. So like sit down, and meditate and think it through. But what you're saying in a way I like is that you, you, you could change your mindset by taking action. And that by taking that action, literally the way your mind is processing things is going to change and change yeah. for the better. And it's that is intentional that, serendipity, right? Yeah. You're going to, you're going to, change your mindset and put yourself out there and try something new, right? And, and, and meet some new people or take a class. Those are all going to, that's going to, it begins to rewire your brain every time you do that, whether you read a book, you know, I mean, I've got, you know, I'm, I, I love, I mean, I'm reading all the time. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. just finished this book. Your stories don't define you. Um, read a book. It helps you change your mindset, but you got to get out there and you got to push yourself and, you know, that's the mindset comes from action. And, and then again, taking that action and being willing to discover stuff by accident. And that's where you, that's where you change your mindset. And again, it can be done lots of different ways. It can be done by talking to people. It can be done by reading. It can be done by taking those courses that we mentioned. Uh, but it, it does take, uh, it does take that change in how you think about things. So, you know, talk about mindset. So like a lot of times people will come to me and say, you know, I would, I would have all the time at colleges, you know, students would come and say, I'm undecided. I say, no, you're not. And they're like, what? So you're not undecided. Cause I'm like in less than 60 seconds, I can tell a person, <laughs> I can tell right. what they don't like. So do you like accounting? No, there's no way you know you like you know you like this no i don't like that what's your what's the worst job you ever thought about i could never do this well if you don't if you know what you don't want to do at some level you know what you do want to do right it's like the process of elimination get rid of everything you don't want or, or and and just do the opposite right, <laughs> right. i mean and, and then and that's actually right. even i mean the strong interest inventory it's a great great interest uh, test that you can take they actually give you the jobs that you won't like. And they're always, they're spot on. They're spot on. These are jobs, because they, they've already asked you all these questions on your what, what you're interested in. So if you know what you're interested in, then here's a bunch of jobs that we know you won't like. And it's, it's very reaffirming. That's, once again, that mindset change. It's, it's the tweaking of the mindset that says, wait a minute, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not undecided. And there's a huge relief that comes with it. Yeah. There's a huge, and you can almost see when people come in to see me and say, I'm undecided. And then I say, no, you're not. And I challenge them on that. There's a huge relief that comes with that because that's the beginning of, of, of them being, when they come in and say, I'm undecided, that's all they focus on. That's their story. I'm undecided. I don't know what I want to do. And they just repeat it. You've got to change that. You got to change that story in your head. I'm not sure exactly what it is I want to do, but I know it's not this. And I know it has something more to do with this. That's a different conversation. You know, and I would have, I would tell the colleges when I was working at the colleges, I'd say, you, you don't want to go home for Thanksgiving this year and have uncle Joe ask you, what are you going to be when you graduate? Do you? <laughs> you have to hear like, lecture no, again, right? <laughs> no way. I don't want to do that. And yeah. I'm like, so here's the story. You can, when Uncle Joe asks you, what are you going to do with that major? Or what are you going to do when you graduate? You can say, 
I'm not sure exactly what the job title is, but I know what it's going to be working with, you know, nonprofits or something that is mission driven. And it's not going to be anything to do with, with numbers and organizing, but it's going to have to do more with blank, blank, blank. And that's what I help people with. That's a different message, right? Uncle Joe's going to be able to go. (laughs) Uncle Joe's going to hear that no matter who he is or who else is in the room from, and they're going to hear your story in a different way. And they're going to be thinking about automatically be thinking about, huh, I know people who you have those skills that you want to use and here's where they work. That's a different conversation. But if your message comes out, I don't know what I want to do. There's no conversation left, but that's why people have to be able to articulate their skills. They need to, they need to manage that down. And you, and I do that through asking people to tell me stories of their accomplishments and stories that, you know, the stories is really where it all happens. Because they, I bet you they come alive when they talk about things that they're passionate about. You hear it in their voice, right? They get happier, they get excited, and then if they start talking about things they're not interested in, you could kind of no, you know what it is, right? So different. It's it's so telling. And within those accomplishments and within those stories, there are typically themes that come out, either themes on skills that are being used, or or passions there's usually there's usually no if somebody says i'm really proud of this thing that i did uh this event that i put together um there's usually a theme in there and then and that's how you know that's what i'm always looking for tell me some stories and we that's what we work on we go every client i work with i want a story tell me the situation tell me what action steps that you took and then tell me the results and you tell them that you got it your story's got to be told in that order you got to tell me the situation what did what did you do and how did you and what were the steps and sometimes i got to break it down you got to help them break that down but then you got to tell me the results you can't tell me well i did this and then the results are this happened you gotta no you gotta walk me through this story situation it's called sar situation action steps and results and when you tell your stories in that way that's where those themes start to come out that's where that's where I and, and it's hard to hear them and it's hard to come up with them just sitting there going going home and sitting and meditating. You've got to human beings are storytellers. We're we we've told that we, before before the internet and before TV, before electricity, we you know, these all the human beings in the world told stories. And that's 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 how we're wired, and that's how you can get your message out. And sometimes you have to put it out there to actually hear it yourself. That's so interesting. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about this concept? I, I subscribe, and this is kind of weird, that failing is okay. That it's, it's, it's fine to fail because right. what I notice with a lot of people is that they're just so afraid to fail, they never take that chance. And as a business person, you could probably pre- you can appreciate it because I'm sure you're in the same boat as a recruiter, totally. And as a business person, I fail all the time. All the, like a, as a recruiter, I would fail way more often than I succeed. You know what I mean? I'll go for a job order, don't get it. Uh, the candidate who said they're going to take the job, you know, leaves a voicemail four o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Oh, I'm not going to show on Monday. There's always these things. And after, you know, at first, as a business person, as a recruiter, it would, it would just like, be a gut punch like what the heck just happened yeah. but then i realized that it's a game and that's part of the game 
you know, you play, you play hockey, right? You get it. Sometimes you get a goal. Sometimes you're going to get really checked badly into the boards and, and someone's going to give you a cheap shot, but okay, that's, that's part of the game. And I got to accept that to, to play it. So failing to me is like, if you could just get your head around the fact that, Hey, I might go for an interview and bomb out. Okay. You know, I might do something else, not do good, but if you could get past that, there's kind of no stopping you. I mean, what, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, if, if you go to my website, you'll see a couple blogs on failure. I mean, I, it's, and uh, it's somebody I was working with uh, turned me on to the fail forward. Mm-hmm. I love that term. So, I mean, if you go on peak careers, you'll see a couple blogs. You can search for failure. I write about it. I tend to post on it. You have to fail, but it's failing forward, right? I'm going to fail but I'm going to be moving forward. And what did I learn from the failure? What did I learn? I really like this and or don't didn't like this, or I learned not to do it that way again, but you got to fail forward and keep moving because what happens, what you're, what you just described are the people who fail and stop. Yes. In essence, if you stopped, you're moving backwards. Yes. And my whole belief is you got to be out there. You got to fail forward and you, you know, you've got to, you've, People fail all the time. It's all how you learn. It's how I mean, every single infant is trying to walk and they cannot walk until they fail a whole bunch of times. That's how we learn. You know, I had to take a bunch of classes at college to kind of go, this is what I love to do. And it turned out none of my you know, my bachelor's, my bachelor's degree wasn't at all. I've never worked in it. I discovered what I wanted to do by actually getting involved with some clubs and activities. That's how I discovered in a job. And that's how I found what I really, what I love doing. You have to go forward and fail. And some stuff you're going to try, it's not going to work, but fail forward, man. You've got to, you've got to fail forward. Like what we would do is this, let's say we work it on uh, some placement, Jim, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out. We don't would have a, we kind of de- deconstructed afterwards. So instead of lamenting, oh, boo, hoo, hoo, we lost out this placement, lost out on this fee. Let's figure out what did we do wrong? You know, what could we have done better? And then by kind of analyze it, it'll make us more competitive the next time around. Cause like, it, it's too easy to just be all angry and ticked off it didn't work out. But instead of doing that, we figure out like, all right, maybe we should have done X or you know what, I, we should have done Y or what have you. And then, you know, next time, okay, we're going to do that. And, 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 but it's always evolving. It never, you know, there's always going to be something else, but as long as you keep doing it, you know, you get better and better and better. Just like, you know, you get on the, you know, on the rink and you keep playing and you, and you make mistakes, but you learn and you learn and you learn and eventually you get really good at it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, that's, that's the, one of the biggest things. And I think it's very, it's a very American thing. I, I, if I can. Yes. <laughs> or, I think of yeah. the, we were so success driven, whatever success means in people's heads. But I think it's a very American thing that we want to, we don't want to fail. And the reality is we got to, we got to dump that. We really need to get out there and try stuff. And again, that's what, I, you know, it's what I call the intentional serendipity. You got to try it. And I would also say woven into that is you want to trust your instincts too. You, you, you got to put yourself out there and then listen to that voice, listen to that, that, that voice that's in your head or that gut feeling that says, this is the right thing to do. And, uh, or this doesn't feel right. Uh, but sometimes it, you gotta, you gotta try something new, even if you're like, oh, I'm a little, wor-, you know, 
this is a little stretch for me. You know, I don't know if I'm going to like it. Try it. And if you don't like it, you don't like it, you know. Um, but you've got to stretch yourself once in a while. And Absolutely. Because otherwise, give me an example. So we started a, new, uh, a newsletter and you put yourself out there because mm. you, could, you could do it. And then people say it stinks. It sucks. <laughs> You're writing dopey stuff, you know, especially in the way things are now. Everything is online. Everything is social media. So it's immediate reactions. But you do it and then you figure, okay, if they like it, great. If they don't like it, all right. You know, maybe I'll get some constructive criticism and figure out to make it better. Or maybe this was just, a, you know, not a good decision. And, but it's okay. And if you do that, I think with your career, the same thing, you just kind of keep, you know, you're trying it. You're going out there, put yourself out there with the knowledge. It may not work, but that's okay. You'll learn from it. You know, I've had so many, <clears throat> I've had so many clients who would, you know, let's say, you interviewed for a job, you went for 10 interviews over months and it didn't work out, whatever. But then maybe six months later, they'll say, hey, Jack, you know that guy, Jim, is he still around? Because, you know, we really liked him. It just didn't work out for that role, but we have something else. Would you mind giving him a heads up and see if he's interested? And oftentimes you go back to the guy and say, hey, didn't work out. You know, Jim, the first time, are you interested? And be like, yeah, I love the company. Let's talk. And it, and it works. That's why you have to have an active network. Yeah. You, you, and you have to keep your network active. And so what I'm, what I'm telling clients is one, identify, you know, who, who is in your network, you know, who's in your first circle of, you know, how many people do you have that you worked with before that could, that, that think of you in a positive way um, that were your boss, you know, that could have been your boss. It could have been your boss's boss, people that knew you, but people that are, uh, that, that can speak to you. They might've been in your classes or in, in whatever. That's the beginning of your network identify those people and begin to let them know this is this is what's going on but then you got to circle back to those folks every once in a while like you said sometimes it's a matter of if somebody comes to me and says you know jim do you know any jobs you know any any at the colleges no but uh what i always tell them i said email me every couple of weeks because i'm gonna forget you yeah you know and you know i might find a job in two weeks but i might go who was it? I mean, I get a hundred, I get 80 to hundred emails every day. I don't, I can't remember to keep people straight. So they want to circle back to me, keep that network alive because you're right. Sometimes you don't get a job. It's not because they didn't like you. It's because they had a better, a candidate that they felt was better, but that candidate may leave. Who knows? Exactly. Or they, like you said, there may be a new opportunity. If you connected with them and you like that company, keep going, keep that network. Just, a drip right you don't all you need to do is have the a, a drip of water every couple of weeks touch base with somebody a drip of water will fill a sink you know a drip of water will flood your house right right but you but you got to stay on top of it you know you can't just go walk away and go okay I, I bombed i failed no what did you learn from it how can i circle back that network is the way to find work even in this, the times that we live in now, it's probably more important than ever. Yeah. Identify your network and keep them up to date. What would you say though to Jim, to people who will say, hey, I'm an, that's great if you're an extrovert, I'm an introvert, you know, what do I do? Do you have, because I do notice, think, look at LinkedIn. You would think there's so many people who are looking for jobs that you would have people on LinkedIn basically shouting out, here I am. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. Here's my skills. Here's my background and engaging. But you can see a lot of people are reticent. 
to try to build their network, make connections. So do you have any advice or thoughts what they should do? So introverts, an introvert only, it doesn't mean that you, you don't like talking to people. It just means that you get your energy from being time, having time alone. There's a lot of introverts out there on LinkedIn and, you know, in, you know, that I, that I know who are the great conversationists, but you want to do one-on-one like you and I are doing Mm -hmm. people are, you know, a year ago before COVID, I had to explain to my clients how to use, how to use zoom. I don't have to explain Mm -hmm. how to use zoom anymore. So when, if you are an introvert and you prefer the one-on-one, Use Zoom, use FaceTime, use, you know, use these opportunities, go to your network and you start with your warm network. Always start with your warm network, right? The people that, that I, there are people I'm very comfortable with and I'll reach out. So I just, I just emailed one person today. It's a, some guy in Vermont, a career coach in Vermont. And we've been emailing a couple of times. I said, Tim, set something up with me. Let's chat next week. And I just sent him a, a 15 find up 15 minutes in my time in my calendar next week that's networking you know and i might be a huge extrovert but i and, I, and tim i don't even know tim might be actually tim i think is more of an introvert but the point being it it was as simple as sending him an email saying hey let's let's just we'll stay in touch but why don't we talk next week that's how that's how an introvert can do this they don't you don't have to Go and rub elbows with a bunch of people. It can be done by phone. It can be done. It can be done just simply by email. I mean, like Tim and I, we've just started. I don't remember what happened. I think he posted something on. I posted something on LinkedIn. He saw it and he emailed me and said, "Oh, hey, how's that thing going?" And and pretty soon we got three or four emails back. That's a network. That's a network. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be put yourself way out there. It's baby steps take little yeah. actionable steps that's okay because i think some people feel like yeah they got to go to this uh, it's not gonna happen now but these big networking events and hey how are you doing here's my name on my uh you know uh, on, on the tag here and it's really uncomfortable now it's kind of a little easier because everything's online well so, it's a lot easier right? you know the other thing that's happened is people are more willing to, to actually network with you now because they're oftentimes working from home this is a this is a yeah. perfect opportunity for people who don't have work and who are trying to reach out. Make a list of 50 people and start clicking off. Do four or five a day. Reach out saying, would, are you, would you be willing to talk? You'd be amazed at how many people would be willing to talk. Absolutely. And, 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 I, and I, I, convert, I would convert those to Zoom. I, would, you know, I might say, can, you, can we have a phone conversation? But would you be willing to do a Zoom chat? Um, and just keep it short, do 10, 15 minutes, right? And just sort of keep it short. But there's a lot, this is an opportune time. People aren't in that office space where there's people being interrupted and coming in and, you know, and everything. And I I don't have time for this. People are at home and some people are just looking for a break. (laughs) Jim, I find out, I wonder if you, the same thing. If you're speaking to someone, whether on a Zoom call or on just a regular phone call, and I'm old school, so I'm, I'm comfortable picking up the phone and just talking to people you're on for a long time because you can tell people are so hungry to speak to someone new and different because you know like for me I'm, I'm i'm at home today so so i'm spending so much time with my family who are home so that they're so different to talk to i'm excited hey they're so new so indifferent yeah. right so you end up talking probably more 
and you have a really good conversation because you're really like happy. Hey, this is so like, Jim, I get to meet this new guy. He sounds great and awesome. This is cool. You know, and it's a natural thing because, wow. All right. My phone's not ringing off the hook. As you said, it's not like people knocking on the door. Hey, come on, Jack. I got to talk to you. So you could just have a nice, normal conversation that you, Jack, you Jack, couldn't you really are. have. After I said goodbye to my wife, you're the only person I've talked to today. <laughs> See, that's so crazy. That's well, I mean, so what? Right. Yeah. But, but when you go, when, when I went into work, there was always someone to yes. talk to, right? And, and so, I mean, for, for if folks are out there and want to begin a network, this is a great yeah. chance to do it, right? I'm, you're the first person I've yeah. talked to since my <laughs> wife said goodbye to me. It's, isn't part. it wild? Yeah. It's so I weird. Mean, it's so weird how it is. But then I, I'll, I'll say this too. I think what happens as well, you make better connections that way. And when I mean connections, I don't mean it in a net officially networking because yeah, you're, you're, you know, you don't have as many people you're talking to. So the ones you do, you, you know what, you really have a more well-rounded, real conversation. Yeah. And I think people walk away from it, you know, feeling good. Oh, all right. I really got to know this guy or this woman. And that's cool as opposed to just a passing quick, hey, how you doing? Oh, good, okay, good. How's, how's the kids? Fine, okay. How's the wife? Good, okay. So, you know, networking has got a bad rap. I think we're networking, I, I, attend, I like to frame it more as relationship building. It, it's, it's really about developing relationships. And it's not like I'm gonna gain anything more. I'm not, I'm not meeting you so that I can get something right. back. It's simply a relationship because the reality is it's not your first connections that are going to help you find the job. Most people do not get a job from their first connection. You're going to get a job from their connections, which on LinkedIn is the second connection. That's how that's what LinkedIn's calling. My first connections are typically not who's going to hire me. My, it's going to be my second. It's going to be second connections. It's going to be someone that you know that can help me, or someone that Bob knows that can help me, or something that Hannah knows, someone that Hannah knows that can help me. It's your second connections. That's why that relationship is so important. You, 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 it's relationship building. It's not like it's all networking, handing over business cards and there's, there's something here. I'm giving you my card, but I want something back. Right, right. It's a relationship building. And that's how people need to look at this. Well, you know what? Can I give you an example that'll illustrate your point really well? Um, you said for your, your client is interested in doing something that serves a purpose to help people but he's not sure how to get out of the starting blocks. Um, I had a LinkedIn Live with uh, this really great guy, Colin Mincy, who is in charge of HR over at Human, right, Human, right, Human Rights Watch. And it's, it's, it's a huge uh, nonprofit organization that you can't get a better kind of thing than this, where what they do is they look around the world to try to help you know, make people aware of sex trafficking and or just all sorts of you know horrible stuff and they tried to you know make change and make people aware of it and all that so if he was interested i'd be glad to give you colin's information and and maybe he could send him a message and there's some sort of internship he could do because if he's looking for a cause that's a pretty good one and at least i know the guy who's who's in charge of it so that's a perfect example that perfect illustrates your example. point it's just I happened, he used to be an HR person on Wall Street and he was a client of mine, but he moved over because he really, like you were saying earlier, you get that gut feeling of what you want to do with your career. And he had that gut feeling, hey, you know, I'm making my parents happy, everyone else happy, but I think there's more to life than just being on Wall Street. 
and that's when he moved to you know yeah. the public sector and now he's really super happy and excited and 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 you know you know every day he wakes up and passionate about what he does um so yeah if you want to if he's interested let me know i'll, I'll put it yeah. together i mean that's a that's a great example right? but the, the key here is make sure you're clear on the five or six essential things yeah. you want everyone to know about you right so i'm i'm able to i was able to share some of two or three of his essential mm -hmm. things which then gives you an idea of how where that might fit. Exactly. That happens all the time. Exactly. That happens all the time. And that's why you've got to work, you got to have a network that you work and, yeah. and build a relationship with those folks. Because you know, the last thing I want to do as a private person is to post an ad in the paper for a job. Because I'll get hundreds of people that will apply. Most half of them won't be qualified. But if I know someone who knows somebody, I'm just going to talk to them and I could just, Absolutely. I could, that's how I hired two, I have two virtual assistants. That's how I hired both of them. You put, you put out on the internet that you want a virtual assistant. You'll get, you're going to get a thousand emails for about, for six months, probably the rest of your life. That's not what I want to do. I just asked my network, do you know anyone who might be willing to do the, these, these tasks? And sure enough, that's how I've got two, two of my people. Yeah. You know what, too, with the networking, too, people actually feel good about doing that. You know, like, I feel good if that, if, if that person is interested and connects. I get nothing out of it except inner satisfaction. I feel really good that I helped that kid out or that yeah. young adult or that young man out. Yeah. And I feel like, wow, that was really cool. And I help, you know, Colin out because I'm sure he needs a lot of help because in this market, when I was last I was talking to him, it's hard. You can't fundraise. You can't have these dinners. You can't have these things. So, hey, if you can get somebody to internship and help, that's there you go. everyone. Right. Hey, I can't believe all, we, an hour went by, but oh, I got to hear. Wait, wait. Before we leave, Jim, I, I got to hear your new, your new Zealand story. Is it? Do, do you mind? We'll go a little, a little longer. Do you have five minutes? Sure. So, uh, so Jack is referring to the book I've got coming out hopefully next month it's it's scheduled to come out next month it's about a, after grad school eight, 1983 so it's a long time ago i took a year off and traveled that i'd always wanted to go to new zealand so i backpacked and hitchhiked i was in new zealand for six and a half months and i went was backpacking all the different i backpacked in all of their national parks i'm pretty sure i got to all of them and backpacked for at least a little bit and i anyways i was in the fjords and I this was not in their park. I met a local New Zealander and he says, there's some great fishing in back in here. And he literally, he gave me a fishing pole and lures and said, go up and hike up in here. And when you come out over, here, he drew me a map and when, you know, showed me where to go. And he says, when you come out, my brother lives in this little village and just drop off the fishing pole. And uh, so I hiked uh, on a trail and then I bushwhacked through to this valley and there's a, a the, the uh, Monowai village, uh, Monowai, uh, Grebe Valley was the name of the, the river and the valley in the Fjordlands. And uh, they, I was back in five days by myself, which was pretty wild, but uh, caught all kinds of trout. And they, I remember them saying that the water can rise quickly. Um, but I didn't really know what that meant in the fjords. But uh, so the, I was, my last day, I was out in the middle of this valley, 10 miles long, one mile wide. And I was camped along a river 
and it started it was raining and i thought i should maybe i should get up to the fjord and start walking out because there was an old dirt road that took me out 15 miles out and uh, i said well i'll go first thing in the morning well at one in the morning water was pouring into my tent the river had had risen six to eight feet and it and it ended up rising like 10 feet the whole entire valley i was in uh turned into a lake wow and i had to swim I started off walking through the woods in water up to my knees. And uh, and then I had to swim from tree to tree. I actually had to ditch my pack up in the tree. And I got to a point where I was swimming and there were, weren't trees for like a hundred yards. And I had to swim across that. And I thought I would could get across and just float, but I still had all my clothes on. And I ended up going down and uh, saw my life pass before my eyes, white light at the end of the tunnel, the whole thing. And then I don't really know what happened. And I got back to the surface and just kept swimming. And I ended up swimming and climbing up in a tree and then realized that I was going to die in the tree if I didn't get out there and jump back in and get to shore and uh, finally got to shore and uh, thought, okay, great. I'm not going to drown. And I <laughs> stood up and fell over because I was so hypothermic. And so I, I was on a fjord had about 800 feet to climb up the fjord. I'm basically crawling up this, the side of this. And uh, when I got to the top, my body temperature had warmed up. So I, I think I was, I'd gotten taken care of the hypothermia. And then I had 15 miles to walk on a road and I was walking Soaking through wet. mud slides. I had muds, there were, the fjords had come down. I'd walk through mud slides. I don't know how many mud slides I walked through, but I walked through sometimes mud up to my waist. And uh, yeah, I got out and then I was in people, I got to some folks and they basically took care of me, threw me in the shower because I was in shock and uh, threw some hot coffee in me, gave me some food and they couldn't believe where I'd come from. So yeah, so that's, that's the story in the book that's kind of ties it all together, but I'm talking, I'm also talking about all the other parts of my trip, but that's the, that's the flood, the short version of the flood story. Wow. And this is this I wear it with me every day. It's a green stone to, from yeah. uh, New Zealand and reminds me how lucky I am. Right. That's amazing. That That's just mind blowing how that could happen. And mm. it's fortunate you came out in one piece. It's kind of life changing, huh? Makes you appreciate everything, huh? Makes me appreciate a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy, but I had to get back in and I still had three, I still had a two months left in New Zealand. So I stayed there and kept, kept going. That's good. You know, but in a way, those are kind of the stories that make a person's character. Cause I imagine moving forward, no matter what happens, you look back and say, Hey, look what I overcame. Look what I have to deal with. And then, you know, you have to deal with something that's, you know, kind of relatively insignificant. And you're like, ah, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> I could, I could deal with this. Well, you know, there's a, a lot of resilience building yeah. that's gone on this past year for sure. And I think the New Zealand story was, I, you know, there's rarely a day that day goes by. I don't think about it at some point, you know, I mean, it is, it is, it was, uh, it was, I don't know if it was life changing, but was life affirming. Yeah, it's also kind of a touchstone in the sense that you go through something and you realize deep down you have it in you 
to 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 fight back uh, against adversity and move forward. A lot of times people aren't challenged, and then the first challenge they get, they fall apart. It's not their fault; they just haven't had that. Right. And sometimes by having some adversity, and this does cross over to the job search to careers. By sometimes having something that kind of shakes you, in a way, wakes you up, makes you start taking things seriously. And, you know, you realize, Hey, I, I got to do something. I got to make something happen. So there's a lot of, I didn't know if you wrote that to have analogies to it, but it does cross over very Not much. So much. So. My, I mean, yeah. I do have the, the field guide for career practitioner book that is really yeah. focused on careers and a lot of stuff that we talked about today. This is really more of what I'm calling a yeah. legacy book. It's really, um, it's kind of, it's the adventure of finding me is sort of in New Zealand is sort of what I'm to call it. And it was about understanding the, what's important to me, you know, what are the, what are the most important things in my life? And they're still important to me. You know, I love being with people. I love the outdoors, but I also, I also do love time alone, you know, and I love, um, I love writing and I, I wrote a journal the whole time I was gone. Um, so there were a lot of themes that were, and but the importance of family and friends was another theme that came out in, in as I converted my journals to this book. And those are still all things that are important to me. And I think that's the, the thing that I pay attention to when I'm working with clients is what's important to you? What are the most important pieces? And then tell me what they are. And it was interesting to see the 27-year-old the Jim Peacock yeah. And the the sixty four year old Jim Peacock have a lot of the same core values. The, the you know that was that was a very interesting process. Well, that's great. That's a great story. Glad you made it. And <laughs> and I and appreciate you, you. You know, I think you know you gave such great advice. And what what I love about your advice, it's practical. It's grounded. It's it's actionable. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people give advice in theory and conjecture. Here, it's so practical and i think people who watch this and this is what i love doing this is because then people can watch it at their leisure you know what i mean and they could rewind it and 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 you know kind of listen to it again certain pieces so that they could really walk away with something to say hey you know what may the way they're just talking about it that's kind of me you know i'm in this i'm not going anywhere i'm stuck i got to do something okay i'll start taking that first step you know, I'll just take that step. I'll try it. I'll move forward. And, and this is what, what's really good is I, I think by doing things like this, we could help a lot of folks. And God knows, man, in this environment, there's so many people who need help, who need guidance, you know, who are just beaten up and frustrated and going through job fatigue yeah. and just, just need some good practical advice. Just to kind of, it's almost good to that nudge a little bit, you know, what I mean? a little, little bit to get them going, and and I think I think this is this will resonate with a lot of folks. Oh, that's awesome to hear that you they call it practical because that's really yeah. what I try to do yeah. is I want I want to give people practical, doable, yes, action steps that yeah. will that'll move them forward. Excellent. Well, well, Jim Peacock, thanks so much. I really, I really appreciate this it. This has been great. And, and thanks. This is, it's, I learned a lot and, 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 and I, I like it. I, you know what I like too? Maybe in fact, I'm a little biased, 
because I agree with a lot of things you were saying. I wasn't saying that to be nice and <laughs> be a good person. You know, I, I just totally, and you, you probably hear what I was talking about. Like when you're saying, I'm like, yes, this is, you know, I agree. This is it. You got to take these steps. You got to take action. You got to keep moving forward. There's no choice. You have to do it. You're going to fail and that's okay. You keep moving, you know, so, so I'm on board with that. I'm, a, you know, with awesome. that. so thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, Jack. My pleasure. Yeah. Have a good day. Bye. Right, take care. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the WeCruiter podcast. If you want to check out other great content from WeCruiter, make sure to visit us at WeCruiter.io. That's W-E-C-R-U-I-C-R dot I-O. We offer tons of great resources for job seekers and professionals, so make sure to check us out today.